ideas just by spending time with monkeys looking at their behavior and finding peculiarities similarities between individuals or or you know inconsistencies within an individual but differences across individuals and to f- try to find out why those differences or similarities exist in first hand hello and welcome to just questions where i talk to researchers and students about their research questions and how they ask them and this episode we have madhur mangalam uh, i'm a graduate student at university of georgia uh, my research is a bit diverse uh, my thesis is mostly on uh, tulips and capuchin monkeys mm-hmm. so there are a few populations of capuchin bearded capuchin monkeys in brazil yeah we use stone and anvil tools mm-hmm. to crack open nuts hard these are hard palm nuts yeah uh and uh, besides that i do a lot of other exploratory research on uh, human perception and action mm-hmm. so the overall approach which i take is a perception action approach uh to tool use i have so so what fascinates me is uh how we use tools and how just not we and some other uh, animal species also use tools yeah so what exactly is required uh, to be able to use tools skillfully mm-hmm. so if you look at a kid it takes it takes a long time for a kid to learn how to use spoons or a, or a fork mm-hmm. you know properly yeah so what are those uh, initial requirements to use such implements mm-hmm. if you look at stone tool use in humans uh, think of the time when we started using stone tools and how that changed our basic behavior so so the, the very three basic behavior of uh, you know species or humans is for example feeding mm-hmm. which is for survival then uh, reproduction acquiring mates and a defense or you know fighting with other members of the own group or members of the of uh, neighboring groups mm-hmm. again to acquire uh, food as well as to acquire mates now when we started using stone tools we could uh, you know, make better kills or we could process foods which we were not able to do before then we can we could throw tools at each other or we can sharpen tools and kill uh, each other with those tools to acquire food or to defend territory and acquire mates mm-hmm. so it just changed the course of human evolution and uh, uh, one perspective to think is why are we the only species of hominins alive uh, human homo sapiens mm-hmm. uh, perhaps no two hominin species using tools can live together maybe one which has better tools will survive than and not, not the other that's what the importance of stone tool has been in our uh evolution mm-hmm. and still if you look at uh, the industrial world and how industries operate and even uh, for example all refineries these percussive actions which is like striking one body hard against another is a key action you know all throughout uh, human endeavors mm-hmm. whether it is playing badminton or whether it is you know playing drums or uh, pounding nuts making stone tools just count any behavior yeah so so what exactly happened uh, that allowed us to use stone tools in ways that uh, currently primate species who used tools cannot mm-hmm. what was that 
a specific skill. So if I understand correctly, you mainly look at um, yeah. the evolution of tool use in uh, uh, in capturing monkeys and compare that to tool use in general. Uh, that's a very that's a very uh, you know a simple uh, uh, description of what I'm doing. Okay, that's a broad uh, description. Explanation, but uh, the whole uh, see the end goal is to identify whether monkeys are capable. There are multiple aspects of that. One of the things is that whether these monkeys are capable of uh, you know identifying these relationship. If not, what is the level up to which they identify the relationship? Mm-hmm. And how does that limit their performance in nutcracking mm-hmm. as compared to humans? Yeah. So we we have done an experiment where we compared skill of uh, monkeys and humans, mm-hmm. and uh, the striking differences between uh, how they perceive the task and how they operate. Mm-hmm. And uh, at another level, it is about uh, what is unique with the, that human percussion, uh, human stone tool, yeah. uh, which is not represented in non-human primates. Okay. Now. Now, if you, if you think of the importance of this problem, uh, I'm not well read in artificial systems, but it it turns up that uh, you know now robots are displacing carpenters. They are they they, they are taking up a lot of jobs now, a uh, lot of mechanistic jobs which need uh, those jobs that need you know less of skilled uh, movements, maybe repetitive actions. Yeah. So. There are robotic arms now, which you don't need to code, but you can train them. You just move a hand that arms in particular ways, mm-hmm. and those arms can repeat those motion, you know, forever. Yeah, and and improve on that. Okay. But the the problem is that all those systems they operate at the regulatory and control level. They don't go at the functional level. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult for a robotic arm to identify the task parameters why because task parameters are not the part of the body itself mm-hmm. they become apparent when you embody your surroundings or when you embody the tool so the body plus tool together works as a system when you hold a screwdriver in your hand that screwdriver couples your palm and digits into a unit and that unit pronates and supinates about the wrist mm-hmm. now that is a, that is a whole system so so we we still don't know what it requires to embody an external object as part of the body okay um and what it takes to identify these parameters right so um i want to ask you some questions about questions that's a difficult question in itself uh, so so when i started i i started with uh, some lame observations on monkeys where i was i was working on something else i spent some time with monkeys not these monkeys different monkeys in india born in macaques mm-hmm. and uh, i observed that there's a definite pattern in how they are using their hands and that was specific to individuals mm-hmm. so that that was the first time i got interested into hands though i had inclination in hands since my childhood because i had been using tools and making machines and or diy kind of stuff so a lot of these uh my initial studies i got ideas just by spending time with monkeys looking at their behavior and finding peculiarities similarities between individuals 
or or you know inconsistencies within an individual but differences across individuals and to f- try to find out why those differences or similarities exist at first hand mm-hmm. and what it turns up and then you read literature you 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 do some basic search on internet if you are interested in a, in a phenomena mm-hmm. and see and read couple of things that gives you a bit of direction in how what you are thinking is related to different fields of study and how uh, how how to you know carry on investigation to dig it deeper yeah and a lot of it uh, comes out from literature because people have done uh, you know people do amazing work for example uh, you know there are a couple of concepts regarding cracking nuts and napping stones uh, which have which i have identified now after reading the same papers for last two years so there's an article i have read at least 10 times and now when i read i identified properly that you know i could recognize that small uh you know point which i was missing till now which kind of completes uh give a proper explanation of most of my findings uh, in my thesis right and uh, that is not what you can uh, think that aspect of questioning you cannot think of think by yourself you you need to be you know you need to embody that literature you you need to be part of that community uh, in terms of thinking right so 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 that they are it's a, it's a multifaceted uh, you know like you can always ask big questions uh, you know very easily so, uh, so without any reference to literature but not uh, not the very you know precise ones which you can answer very well yeah talking about big questions what do you think makes a good question to ask for for research or for any general i, I i'm still not sure whether i have a notion about uh, what is a good question uh a good uh, a question may be good for somebody and uh, may not be good for somebody depends on what an individual is uh, aspiring to you know get out of the of that question yeah so it's very contextual but there uh, but there, there are broader concepts in general or uh, you know some spa, you know the spark which you get uh, which are questions which tend to yield non intuitive answers but okay. that's not up to you that's not up to me to to you know have a non intuitive explanation to a to a problem um so i this is my final question what advice would you give to any student or anybody who want, who is willing to learn to ask research questions what's your advice for them uh, who is who who wants to learn to ask research questions yes. see i myself am learning to ask research questions uh and uh, uh i don't know whether you ever you you just improve with time mm-hmm. so what i would recommend is uh, start with something small start with something that you can answer uh because uh, every small question you answer gives you you know more energy makes you more competent to answer an a next big question so so maybe you are capable of asking the big questions uh, from beginning Yeah, start with something silly. Okay, great. Thanks very much, Mother. Thanks, Arvind, for having me. Follow Just Questions on iTunes and SoundCloud, and follow your host on Twitter at Ravindra underscore P N.